0: Welcome to episode 19 of F-Stop Collaborate and Listen with host Matt Payne. This week's guest is uh, Phoenix-slash-Scottsdale, Arizona landscape and astro-landscape photographer Mike Sanchez. Um, I've been following Mike's work for a while now, and man, he has really pushed his game to the to the top level in terms of... Uh, The work he's putting out for night photography and some of the really cool um, exposures he's getting down there in Arizona. Definitely worth checking his work out. I think you'll really appreciate it. Um, it, He's got some really creative stuff that he's putting out there and he's starting to get that recognition that I think he deserves for his amazing work. Uh, We covered some sweet topics this week. Hopefully I won't get any negative comments about my continued conversations around conservationism and um, the link between that and uh, landscape photography. Um, we talked about the influence of social media, pros and cons, how that was an influence in a positive way for Mike. Um, and we talked about uh, his feature in Arizona Highways magazine and, and kind of that, how that was a surprise because the image they chose was, is a composite. Um, please rate the podcast on um, uh, iTunes and Stitcher. And always uh, feel free to leave me comments and um, suggestions. Um, you can find me uh, at Matt Payne Photo or Matt Payne Photography. Thanks. Uh, mike sanchez man it's so cool to have you on the podcast dude i appreciate you coming on
1: thanks matt thanks for for having me this has been a podcast i've been enjoying for uh almost the past six months and i've been um um definitely wanting to get a hold of you and and see about uh having a chat so i appreciate you um you reaching back man thanks
0: absolutely well i've been um following your work for a while now too and have been really impressed at um how clean your night photos are, and you know, I'm, I'm a night photo junkie myself. So whenever I see someone else doing it, doing it the right way, I always it always intrigues me quite a bit. So it's been fun, fun following your stuff as well. Thanks,
1: man. Much appreciated. Um, yeah, I like one of the first episodes I listened to. Um, I I was hooked immediately because you were talking about night photography so much, and I'm like, oh man, this is perfect. People are talking about my people talking about my jam right now this just great
0: <laughs> right yeah i wish i wish there was a podcast talking about night photography back when i first started because man it was like god just trial and error and like tons of really bad photos <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know it's so funny because i get people asking me all the time now like oh how do you do this How do you that it's like did you even try yet or like it's funny because it's like, I don't think the basics are really that complicated. It's the processing and thinking ahead about how you want to frame the photo and compose it is the hard part. So it's, it's always interesting to me, like how people aren't, I guess, willing to do just a slight bit of homework, you know?
1: Yeah. You know, I've, I've encountered some folks who, who feel a little bit intimidated by the whole process. And one thing I try to tell them is like, look, you know, once you understand the basics of getting a good exposure in your camera and, and, and other ways too, how light can, can, um, you know, just how it works, how it affects your, your scene, how it affects the mood. But most importantly, from an exposure level, it's easy. And, you know, you just bring, you come prepared with a nice bright flashlight so you can compose and, and then you kind of let your your creative uh, side of your brain really just run away, and it's it's a lot of fun. And I think all the people that I've um, shared this with, they've they've all come back and they they love going out, staying up till all hours of the night, and <laughs> driving home completely exhausted because it is fun and it and it gets you away from um, certainly gets you away from a lot of the crowds, but it's it's also I think a deeply um, uh, personal thing for a lot of people. You really get to, um, sh- show your interpretation of the scene, I think, uh, in more of a creative way, just because you're, you're dealing with light and colors that you can't see with your naked eyes. And so, um, everybody that, that has talked to me and sounds a little bit intimidated by, um, how to learn the whole process and learn photoshop they you know i just try to tell them it's not it's not hard you just have to think about it like a like a daytime photographer and then apply some couple extra um a couple little extra tools here and there and you're good
0: yeah i mean i've personally i found it much more accessible than say trying to shoot like a really epic sunrise or sunset scene just because um in terms of all the variables like there's really not that many variables you know
1: there's not i mean if you're if you're out there on a night where you can where you can see some starlight i mean you're you're working with some with some pretty um pretty basic principles about how to expose your shot and i know everybody um you know there's there's a thousand ways to to take the same photo i suppose and a thousand ways to process it in photoshop but I really like how my photography just brings out the, the artistic interpretation of the photographer. And, um, that's what drew to me. That's what uh, drew me to it. Um, all those years ago when I first got a DSLR, but, um, yeah, I mean, seeing, um, seeing other people take images that I thought were completely impossible, uh, for, for me. And, then just, you know, just learning a little, a little bit, um, covering some basics in a, uh, in a photography class that I took at a community college, it's like, oh, these images are possible for me to capture. (laughs) Um, they're, they're, they may not be, um, easy in terms of like amount of time spent, but, um, they, they certainly are not above any kind of, um, threshold that, you know, just somebody with a DSLR, um, and, um, uh, you know, a slightly wide angle lens can do.
0: Right. Well, it's funny. Cause I look, I think we pretty much started shooting almost about the same time. I think I got a couple of years on you, like maybe three years on you, but, um, like I kind of had a similar experience and I picked up, picked up a DSLR and then really just from there, like it just exploded, like in terms of like all the creativity it brought with it in terms of thinking about, oh, what if I do a longer exposure, and how do I do the f-stop, and, like, you just start experimenting, and it's great. I think once you have start shooting in manual, it just opens the world up, and you start just... you can start producing some really amazing stuff. Um, so before we get too deep on the topic, I was hoping you could just... Um, I kind of feel like you're what I, what I call a sleeper (laughs) which means I don't think you know like I don't think you have huge name recognition yet like I think you're starting to gain some popularity but like probably a lot of people haven't heard of you yet but your image I think stands for itself imagery stands for itself so um just tell us a little bit about yourself like I know you're you live in Scottsdale or Phoenix and but uh just curious like how old are you you have kids like tell us a little bit about yourself
1: uh, well, sure, man. Well, thanks for the the kind words. That's it's always great to hear. Um, I've lived in Arizona um, in the Phoenix area, we'll just say, my whole life, and uh, I'm 27. Um, I was raised in a you know pretty um, in a family that you know definitely appreciated the outdoors and appreciated um, the um, you know just just the beautiful um, places that you can go to just in this one state alone. And, um, so it was, it was nice having a a family background where they, they really, um, they really taught me to appreciate those things as a kid. And so when I grew up and, um, didn't really have any, I guess you could say passions in my life. Um, I mean, obviously I had things that I enjoyed. Um, but I around the time when I was 18, just getting out of high school, I didn't have, um, that much of a sense of purpose at all. And when I um took a uh, trip to New York City, I discovered photography and it was one of those things where I you know, I immediately caught the bug and I, I started caring about how I actually composed a photograph. Whereas before, you know, I had you know just you know, just you know, hit hit the click button and just captured yeah. it. But um focused more on, you know, how to create a nice image and then I went through a pretty, um, substantial injury to my leg and I was bedridden for several months. And so during that time, I just spent so much time online, just, um, you know, getting into Flickr and, um, you know, starting to play with Google earth and the photo features in there. And I really just developed this fascination with, um, you know, being 18, you know, just, uh, it's time to get out of my neighborhood and start exploring this world a little bit. And, Um, my passion for photography was, was pretty, um, pretty much set in stone right there. But, um, definitely a few years went by where I didn't have what you would say a professional camera. I just used an iPhone and a point and shoot and just, you know, something light to take on a hike with me and document. And then, um, when, uh, you know, Facebook and Instagram came around that really, um, changed my life in lots of ways, because it was possible to, to share my images with people. And, um, there was a lot like how, um, Candace, uh, said this to you in your interview with her a few weeks ago, how it was just this, this, you know, gratifying sense, you know, that you're being recognized for something that you're good at. And even back in those days when I was using the iPhone and the point and shoot, I definitely had a lot of encouragement from people to keep doing this, um, you know, pursue it further, see where it takes me, and um, I treated it, um, you know, I, I, I took that advice with a grain of salt, you know, I never thought that photography would be something that I would um, ever try to make money from. Um, I always just enjoyed it as a hobby, it was the first time I really found my creative expression, and... Um, you know, flash forward a couple of years from, from, um, you know, those days when kind of the early interest was there and I got my DSLR and I just became completely obsessed, um, much, <laughs> much in the, in the way that, that you talk about, you know, it just, this, this hobby, you know, became, you know, this, this obsession com- overnight. And I wanted to learn as much as possible about, um, obviously how to use my new camera, but, um, how to um, develop a um, a look for myself, a style, um, and you know what the substance was behind that, um, and started thinking about quality over quantity, and um, you know we get to the point where I am today, and I have, um, you know, photography has totally transformed my life for the better, and I um, am so glad that I found it, but. I, I honestly and I, I might talk about this a little more uh later, but I honestly don't know if I would have um developed the same passion if I hadn't um started around the time that like Facebook and Instagram sharing were starting to become a a, a bigger thing, more more prominent and um hmm. more serious photographers started to use it and um well, you know, there I think there was this Oh sorry, go ahead.
0: I'd like to hear more about why you think that because I It's funny because I listen to a, a lot of my friends um, that have been doing it for a little bit longer and and they seem to think that, the, you know, the Instagram and Facebook era has ruined a lot of the aspects of landscape photography. So I'm curious about how you feel like it's um, been a value add for you.
1: Um. Well, Bef- I I totally agree with those people. <laughs> I, should, I should
0: start
1: <laughs> off by, by saying, um, you know, right? as i as I've, <laughs> yeah, it totally can be both. But as I've gained, you know, knowledge and experience in this in this field, I really have um, started to understand how social media can can have such an exponential effect, um, and. I, I made this transition from uh from a, a guy who, you know, discovered photography, found Instagram and Facebook, and you know, shared it with, you know, family and friends, um, got nice feedback and response, but never took it seriously. But then right. when but then when um I started uh to care more about um some of the locations that I was traveling to. Uh once I started to really developed a bond with the outdoors in a, in a way that um, maybe even I hadn't discovered yet. Um, you know, I, I came from the social media crowd, and I think it taught me a lot about what people enjoy, what people respond to. Um, and in some ways, I think I learned some fundamentals of photography just through the whole like and follow structure. Um, you know, you can just see, okay, people just clearly are not digging this. Um, you know, I, I took the picture, you know, in, in the moment I thought, you know, maybe it'll look cool, but then I share it and people just aren't responding to it. So it, so it taught me largely what people's brains, um, you know, what really makes them, um, you know, kind of click. And, and then when I actually took a, a formal photography course in college, um, and, you know, learned you know, from a, from a seasoned professional, you know, what the basics of composition are and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, I, I, you know, just through gauging people's reaction on Instagram or Facebook, you can, you can definitely sense that there's this, um, there's this, this quality of, of photography that people, you know, just like to respond to. And so um, yeah, I mean, I think it, I- it
0: does teach you what some of people's visual preferences are in terms of um, kind of what just draws people into an image. And if I think if you spend time studying images that have um, greater success in social media, I think you'll find some, some common threads for sure. But I think it's interesting because um, I think within each of us, there exists, even though some people might not want to admit it, I think there's a duality of worlds that are pulling at each of us that are in this social media sphere, and the and the du- and the two worlds I'm talking about are the, am I am I creating this image because I think it's going to get attention, or am I creating this image because it's it speaks to me as an artist and I don't really care what other people think of it and I think. It's sometimes it's really hard to f- to find the balance between those two worlds. I think some people have who have done this for years and years and years are better at it than others. Especially not me. I'm not good at it, but I think I think a lot of people do struggle with that.
1: Um, th- that gray area that you're talking about. Um, I have been continually pulled into that gray area um over the years and as I've gotten a little bit more serious about the landscape photography and um and I think there was there was a big turning point for me when I went to this uh this waterfall and it was kind of a kind of a hidden spot, you could say. Um, you know, it definitely took some effort to to find it on maps and it took some effort to actually figure out how to you know, get the permits to, to go there and and then once we were out there we got lost. And then I remember getting back home, editing my photo, and um and I put it up right away. I was excited to put it up. And maybe they're in some um kind of distorted part of my brain, I was sort of seeking that, you know, maybe you could call it like a, a dopamine boost or just, you know, just that that kind of, that trophy shot mentality i was i was very much in in the thick of that i think in that Uh moment and then um i posted the shot and then all of these people were like where is this where is this and (laughs) you know i I didn't link to any location and um and i got a couple people who direct messaged me and they were they were quite rude they were like you know you you think you're you think you're special by oh my gosh this, this location secret from people. And, and I, you know, of course, right off the bat, you got to just try to block those people and move on with your life. And, but, but I, I reached this, this moment where I'm like, am I doing this for myself? And because I enjoy doing it, or am I doing it for likes? And I think in that moment, I made, I made a decision to, um, really just do it for me. Um, you know, I still enjoy sharing my, my, um, my imagery with people, but, I really wanted to focus on kind of breaking into the fine art community and less about you know sharing it for free on social media as well as um becoming much more of um a conservationist and um just with the recent assault on the environment uh, from so many angles um it's been really hard for me to to feel like i even fit into this mold anymore of this instagram photographer who's who's seeking, you know, the, the shares and the features. And it's totally not about that for me right now. And, and I've had many moments where I'm like, should I just stop, you know, doing this altogether (laughs) and and just, just focus (laughs) on, on uh, getting into, you know, different, different facets in this art community. Um, so I don't know. I, I think the, the main point of my story is that I started off with a very different, uh, mentality on social media. I enjoyed it. It, it gave me a sense of purpose and showed me something that, that I was good at. And then a few years down the road after, um, you know, kind of the, the big thrills of that are all dissipated. And it's just about, um, keeping these, these areas, um, you know, looking nice, uh, keeping them free of, um, pollution or garbage. And, um, and I, do not ever feel the need to directly tell people yeah i this is where this was taken uh-huh. um you know i'll be i'll be pretty general these days uh but um lack of specifics is something i've been going for recently and and it feels it feels right cuz you know people should totally discover these places on their own and then when you have um just any number of random people seeing your image and they want to go get that same image for themselves you know who's to say you know who are? How many bad apples are amongst them? You know how many of these people will leave garbage or, you know, fucking so throw a firework in the forest.
0: Oh, huh. um, right. Yeah, like uh, like it's... in uh, Oregon right now.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Gosh, I mean, that's a pretty good example of of why. Yeah, it's it's hard, man, because i i feel like i've been beating this topic to death but i feel like that's another duality that we have to struggle with as landscape photographers because it's innately part of our nature to want to share our images with other people because other like who wants to just hoard their images to themselves like i I don't know like maybe someone out there does it but like i want people to see my stuff and I'm not going to lie when I say I get some ego out of someone saying I like your photo. Like I think that's that's healthy human behavior to get to gain self-confidence from people giving you compliments, you know what I mean? But the sure. flip side of that is like through sharing our images, especially if you're if you're a relatively famous person, it's going to generate a lot of interest in that image and that location and then before you know it i mean if you look at the columbia river gorge as a great example before mark Adamus was doing workshops and like i basically taking all the iconic shots he has in the in the river gorge there wasn't really a ton of people shooting a lot of those waterfalls to the extent that they are now i mean and i'm guilty of it Right. i mean so and it, and if you go to eagle creek now like that trailhead is like packed 24 seven, no matter when, like, especially in the summer. So I, it's yeah. just a really hard balance between the wanting to sh- share our love for the natural world and wanting to keep it secret.
1: <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, I don't know which one will, um, will win, uh, you know, in terms of the general, um, uh, photography community, I guess. I mean, I, I have certainly met those people that, uh, kind of hold on to their images and, and they know that there's downsides to sharing, you know, with one click of a button, you could potentially share your image with millions of people. If it gets, you know, shared or goes viral or whatever. And they understand that, you know, they're, you know, what they do this for themselves and not for the likes and not for their followers. And I respect that. I totally do. And, um, And then to hear the people who, you know, sometimes tell me, you know, you you definitely inspire me to get out. Um, Right, right, right. You inspired me to to go buy a camera. Um, You, I didn't think it was possible to shoot the Milky Way. And just because you are transparent in your process and you share your settings and your lenses and all that stuff, like, I know that I can go out there and do this. And I just want to thank you. And it's like, man, like, I'm making a a positive impact in somebody's life hopefully and so it makes me not want to be that guy who hoards my stuff but um I don't know man um yeah the the last couple days with with the fires in Oregon have been a big blow I'm sure to to many people and it's like the loss of a a person I'm I'm sure um for people who lives there including yourself and um Well, I mean, I I, I never have gotten to see that. And so I, I feel the, I feel the loss too. And it's, I don't know.
0: I mean, it's only a matter of time before some of that kind of stuff is going to happen in terms of people either destroying the landscape or, but I mean the best we can do, I feel like is to slow that down through, I guess just a conscious examination of our behavior is really the best we can hope for. Um, you know does this, does what i'm doing right now is it a bonus is it a is it plus or negative in terms of net impact on the world i'm in today cuz unfortunately i don't think many people think that way and i and that's certainly not something i have done much of in like when i was younger like i didn't think that way at all but i think the longer you live the more you start seeing the ramifications of your actions and your behavior and you start to think about oh like maybe that wasn't maybe that wasn't a good idea to do that but um you know i've, right. I've gotten several people to reach reached out to me just from this podcast to to say that you know just to thank me for just starting to have these conversations because um mm-hmm. and it really honestly it was never my intent to turn this podcast into a like let's talk about the environment guys like it's about photography but <laughs> i think what i'm learning and what what you know what? What I keep learning over and over is that people that are well, in in general, people that are really into landscape photography, they're one of the reasons they're into it is because they have such a natural affinity for the natural environment, and they there's a part of that that they want to preserve because they're so yeah, in, intertwined.
1: And, oh, totally, man! And and it and it, you know, when know, either with the fire or with, you know, what's going on with public lands and national monuments, you know, it, it totally just cuts to the, to the core for some people and really just feels like a deep, a deeply divisive and, and wounding issue, unfortunately. And and I wish it wasn't, I wish we people didn't have to argue about the environment uh, to the point that it has to be um, such a prominent topic of discussion. But I mean, it's, it, it's, I feel like it's just we're kind of in a, a phase right now where, um, you know, obviously I, I don't want to have this devolve into a political discussion or environmental discussion, but I mean, um, I, I don't know that there's a lot of people at the top who, who truly care about, um, you know, protecting our natural environment at all. And uh, it's scary. It is scary because, you know, we feel a connection to these places is like so many of your guests have, have said before, and I completely agree. And even though I haven't been in this, in, um, you know, I haven't been shooting photography for as many years as, as quite a few of them, I totally get it. And I'm, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on that team of, you know, let's, let's, um, you know, let's not have this be a controversial issue at all. Um, you know, we, we all get something out of preserving, The natural environment, and I don't understand why. um, For a lot of people, this is this has to devolve into an argument. I just don't get it. Well, Um, but, but maybe just just because I'm a photographer and I'm, you know, so personally invested in it, maybe that's just what what we have that just maybe some people don't. I I can try to see it from that perspective too. Well,
0: what what do you think are things that landscape photographers can do? Um, to advocate for preservation of these places and, and things like that because I don't know it's funny I actually got a comment on Candace's episode from someone that said like climate change is a hoax it's a liberal hoax just f- talk about photography and stop talking about the environment and for me it's like these images wouldn't exist if there wasn't some measures in place for us to do to keep them in place like if it wasn't for the national park system if it wasn't for the wilderness act i think it's 1968 or whatever like a lot of these places would would be just full of mines and like so it's like yeah i get it like we also need electricity and we need gas for our cars but like <laughs> i think there's a balance that can be struck so what do you think there's what, what do you think photographers can do um to to this end or to that end
1: um well i guess i'll I'll start with with the most absurd idea uh and just just get it out of the way i think I think that the the um feature pages and sharing pages are like the the bane of this problem right here um because you know making images go viral is cool and everything. <sighs> But, and, you know, I've been a part of it. I've even run some pages like that on Instagram or Facebook, you know, where it's, you know, let's, let's pick, you know, the best photo of the day from this hashtag, you know, I get it. Um, But I think that it is having such a detrimental impact um, that, that I can just see. And I've, I've talked to some people who run pages like this and I've had some frank conversations with them and, and, um, you know, just said, know i don't i honestly i don't have any problems with you personally but i don't support pages like this because you know you're just you're you're getting you're getting the buzz to to um way too hyped and um so that would be a a first idea that i would say and not that it's likely to happen but um i don't think we need to um have like the um the photography police out there um (laughs) you know, like on their Instagram stories or even on, you know, you know, elsewhere, just, you know, shaming people for doing this and, and, um, you know, camping at the edge of a lake or, you know, people are not always as as educated as you. And I don't, I don't know that we need to be putting people on, on, um, display in public for, you know, just, just not, um, not adhering to the same leave no trace principles as you. I do think that like, um, when it comes to like impacts on the land itself, um, obviously I think leave no trace is incredibly crucial, but, um, I don't think, I don't, I don't even think that most people fully understand all the rules of, of leave no trace. And, um,
0: well, I'd so be I happy would, if people followed just... leave as little trace as possible. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. You know? So I think um, I know this is kind of a cliched answer to, to many difficult quandaries, but um, I think education is definitely the best um, counter to um, to behavior and um, situations like this arising. Uh, we don't have to be dicks to each other, and we don't have to be snooty or um, you know condescending to people. Uh, but we can we can totally you know be the stewards of our of our um, you know, cherished places and we don't have to leave it up to the park rangers or, um, you know, whoever manages, you know, said land. We don't have to just think that, you know, oh, they're going to take care of it. They're going to pick up our trash. You know, a lot of people honestly just don't think about things like that. And it's, it's okay to remind them. I don't think it's, um, I don't think we're going to, we're going to change, you know, everybody's mind, of course. But the more people that that truly understand you know the uh, the consequences beyond the short term uh, and start thinking about you know what what kind of damage could this impact you know leave you know years from now, long after you know I am have moved on to other places or or what have you I mean um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a difficult situation, and I do think that um, there's there's a little bit too much policing going on out there. It just make it just it just rubs me the wrong way when I see people doing that. Right. So I I will I'll I'll, I'll gladly you know, um, call some people out who are just being blatantly ignorant. But um, you know, most people who don't don't fully abide by the rules. I mean, you're probably not going to change their minds by being a dick.
0: Well, it's a <laughs> funny. Well, um... So I, I went on a Grand Canyon rafting trip this year um, for the first time, and it's really the first time I've spent any time in the Grand Canyon. And before you go on the river, you have to get, like, this, it's like an hour-long speech from a ranger about, like, all the rules and, you know, what to do, what not to do, and stuff like that. And, you know, part of me was like, geez, man, like, I can't believe this is a requirement. And then I got to think about it, it's like, Oh yeah, most of these most people probably have never even realized that you shouldn't take a shit right into the river. Like that's a bad idea. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like they just maybe they just don't understand. Like there's a reason why you should haul out all your trash and can and they and they do a pretty good job of explaining the why of everything. Like imagine if everyone just left all their trash and we have like 30,000 people that rafted every year. Imagine if there's 30,000 people's worth of trash just hanging out at the camps. It's like, yeah, that would be a disaster. (laughs) So I think, you know, unfortunately, I don't know, most people, maybe they just don't realize like what the effect, the cumulative effect of that type of behavior. It's not just, oh yeah, it's okay if like you, you know, throw your toilet paper around but like, imagine if like every single person who visited did it. Like, it would be a complete shit show, pun intended.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, man. And and you know, you 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 highlighted something. I mean, like, just out of you know whatever um, you know whatever area we're talking about, whether it's you know the Grand Canyon or um, you know I just visited the Wave recently, and you have to do the same thing. You know, you go into the office in Kanab, Utah, and. Um, you know, you apply for your permit and go into the lottery system. And if you get picked, you still have to listen to a a half hour, um, presentation (laughs) on, on, you know, just, just the general rules and regulations of the place. And you hear a couple stories like, Hey, people have totally died out here. Like, you know, please be safe, bring lots of water. Even just that simple facts. You see, I see that all the time when I hike here in Arizona, people who just are ill prepared. Um, so let alone just some irresponsible people who don't, um, you know, believe in you know, taking their trash uh, back with them, you know, it, it, this problem could could you know get much much worse if, if those kinds of um, uh, rules weren't stated. I feel like to to most of those people because I mean I walked in there and there's like a hundred people applying for ten permits and you know you get people who are like walking up to the ranger at the desk and they're like is this a lot of hiking <laughs> and you know and the ranger just, just like yes it is a lot of hiking and you know i'm standing there you know trying not to be judgmental but i'm like just go just leave like you you're ruining <laughs> you're ruining other people's chances <laughs> it's like you 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 don't know what you're getting yourself into like but um, yeah, I, I think that that uh, simplified form of you know just educating people through a you know a, a ranger or some kind of steward of the land. I mean, I'm I'm totally in favor of that whenever possible. Yeah, it's
0: it's it's um interesting and kind of sad. Here in Colorado this year, we've had a lot of people dying on 14ers, which isn't new, but um, there's one in particular that has had five deaths this year and, and just this year and before that like in the last I want to say 10 years there was only like three deaths so like there's something about it that you know like a lot of people that probably didn't realize the risks they were taking or didn't do any homework or research or you know had no idea what they're getting into went up there and then found themselves into in a really difficult situation and I think it's kind of the same thing like the only way to prevent that is to provide people with some education and, and some actual stories and, and hope that they Mm -hmm. read it. (laughs) I mean, you said it though, like you can't police it all, you know? So, well, anyway, we could probably beat that topic until it's dead and then kick (laughs) it some more and then it dies again. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, one of the things that I was excited to talk to you about was, um, uh you rec- you recently had a uh, publication in Arizona Highways which if people aren't familiar with that particular pub- publication it's it's and you can correct me if i'm wrong but it's basically a kind of a landscape slash just photography in general magazine just specific to Arizona um but a lot of photojournalists and and kind of, it's kind of old school and And they picked a photo that you shot that, like, first of all, that photo is awesome, like um, those waterfalls and then the star trails above them. But obviously, like, that's a, a, I mean, some composite action that you had to do to pull that off. So talk to me a little bit about that and how, how it was that you got selected for that publication.
1: Well, um you know, Arizona highways. I, I would say you you aptly described it. Um, you know, definitely more in the vein of photojournalism, and it's it's like a, it's a travel magazine. I would say too, and they um, you know have their roots you know from decades ago, and the um, the staff at the magazine I think has just started to um, actually become. Um, Interested in night photography? I might be completely wrong by saying that, but it's like I'm starting to see more uh, night photography be featured by this magazine, and it's exciting to me because um, when I took my photography class, uh, this was like three years ago. uh, My teacher, uh, he was a consultant for the Hmm. magazine, so he so he like knew all the staff, and he and he you know did some work with them, and he actually had the photo editor of the magazine come into our class and do like a little guest presentation. This was at the end of the semester and it was like we we're just just about to wrap up and um and I remember he gave this presentation and and um and he took questions afterwards and there were like a lot of people who asked him, you know, what do you feel about composites? What do you feel about luminosity masking and and I I feel like the question I wanted to ask but just couldn't think of it at the <laughs> time was, Hey, um if you try to take a night image in a single exposure, you know, oftentimes it's, it's going to look subpar in terms of some, some quality of, of photos you can get during the day, obviously, and you're introducing tons of noise. And so what about, you know, using it to just basically get more dynamic range at night, (laughs) get a cleaner image. And, and so I recently had the chance to have a, a beer with this, this guy, this photo editor, Jeff, and he, And I asked him, like, so how are you feeling about night photography these days? And, you know, I remember when we talked a couple years ago, you, you know, you were kind of very much in favor of single exposures and, you know, keeping it very basic and, you know, letting the light, you know, uh, be your friend um, and make your image or just, it could be interpreted as not even try. And and I never, never liked to take that approach because I'm like, man, you know, it's pitch black outside, but let's take some, let's take some photos. Let's, let's see if I can get some quality detail in the foreground and let's see if I can focus stack and, you know, do all this with, you know, maybe seven minute exposures in the dark. And, and I think just a couple of years of doing that, um, it finally got the the attention of, of the photo editor, Jeff and, and my teacher was, you know, gracious enough to, I think, you know, probably put a kind word in for me, but, um, yeah, it's totally not an image that I'm used to seeing in, in that magazine. Uh, you know, it's super, like, even the star trails are not, like, just raw stacked. I mean, I even did, like, a little effect on the star trails to make it look kind of smooth and and uh, and buttery and, you know, just to kind of fit the the scene a little bit more, and I... I mean, there were probably like 300 layers in that photo, right. including, you know, stuff that was taken, you know, during twilight and stuff that was taken, you know, three hours later. So I was just, I was pretty surprised that he, um, you know, um, published that image and I'm super grateful. Cause I mean, it's a, a magazine that I've like been picking up since I was a right. kid. Um, and, um, you know, I'd obviously like to, um, you know, have that not be the end of the, of the road for me and, you know, keep, um. You know keep trying to uh, get different magazine publications and I'm not much of a self-promoter um, I've talked to a couple of the people that you've actually had on the podcast and I've I've uh, you know kind of shared my experiences as, as this like you know the creative side of my brain is very active and then the, the business marketing and networking side of my brain is is just you know it it needs some needs some work and (laughs) i think you just um, described like 80 percent of landscape
0: photographers it's
1: like i couldn't i couldn't care one bit about selling my images a couple years ago and now it's like well you know we should all be so lucky to to have a pie in the sky dream like that and i and i don't um i i you know i don't have any misunderstandings about how hard it would be to actually make a decent living doing this and i don't I don't intend to do this uh, only. I intend to, you know, have a you know an, another career at some point. You know, I'm still uh, going to school. I'm I'm a, uh, I'm, a I'm a waiter, <laughs> okay, so cool. you know, I try to have like a, fle- a, a, a flexible schedule. Uh, you know, I can pretty much get time off if it's you know not an unreasonable request, and um, at a moment's notice, just go on a trip. And I've always liked that. Um, and you know, just while I'm you know getting a degree. Um, it's it's kind of been the best fit for me, and um, so I don't know where where my journey is going to take me. I mean, hopefully, um, you know, I might uh, step out of my box a little bit and maybe consider doing a, a workshop or something like that. But it's it's not something I've ever really considered very seriously. I just really enjoy getting out by myself most of the time. Um, you know, hiking great distances or or cherry picking from near my car but I uh but I just I just like the whole creative process and it and it definitely rejuvenates me and um it's it's nice to see um you know people respond to it it's funny you talk
0: about self-promotion because I feel like I hate self-promoting like it just feels wrong I don't it's just weird like I just don't (laughs) like doing it personally um and it, sometimes it kind of bothers me when I see other people doing it so much because it's like either they do enjoy it or like they just don't care I don't know it's weird like I don't even know why I think that but I, there's a few people that I know that like every single time they post a photo they have the same workflow like I'm going to post it to this group I'm going to post it to that group I'm going to post it to this group and then I'm going to post it to this page and then I'm going to email the the photo desk got this news page and then I'm going to like, they just have this giant workflow so that they can get as much attention as possible. And I'm just like, wow, that is like, how do you not feel so dirty after that process? You know what I mean? I I don't know.
1: Oh, totally, man. I mean, I don't, I don't want to get off on too much of a tangent, but one of my best friends that I, you know, that I, Learn photography from early on, uh, Damien. He he totally is on that page with you, man. Like he he just could could not be bothered to literally bother (laughs) other (laughs) people. You know, he he just he he sees it as as you know spamming people with unwanted um, uh, with an unwanted advertisement of some shape or form. And I I kind of agree with him. Uh, even though I do want to make money selling my my photos at some point, um, I, I kind of come from this you know slightly more reserved and and um, you know th- this this state of mind you know that like I, I don't I don't want to bother people I don't want to tell people to go to my website for twenty percent right. off friends like it just it does feel kind of dirty to me and I know that's not even all that you were just saying there like just the promoting your work through all of any and all networking possibilities you have. Like I've, I've tried it. I don't enjoy it that much and maybe I'll get better at it. Um, but for the the time being, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, just trying to improve my craft and, um, and I, I feel like good things will come from that sure. out, you know?
0: So how did you, how did you get started in uh, the knife photography world? Cause I was looking at your Instagram feed and and it looks like you kind of started just delving in it a little bit maybe going like above the city and shooting some stuff at night and then like i don't know at some point your stuff just exploded and like you just blew it up so how did that because obviously something triggered for you so what was it
1: Well um the the photography class I took definitely helped um, I would I would say that you know I got I got my DSLR it was a Nikon D5300 just a crop sensor and um, and started taking the class just to learn how to use the camera and so I think through that whole semester I was just kind of okay. experimenting a lot uh, trying uh, I was very interested in night photography though because of my um, um, previously mentioned friend Damien who, was uh, doing a lot of night photography and he and maybe it was just my lack of exposure at the time but it 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 seemed like he was the the guy who was was doing a lot of Arizona night photography and it actually looked pretty good now in hindsight I'm sure that wasn't true I'm sure that there's many photographers before him who got interested in shooting the Milky Way or Star Trails but he was shooting a little bit creatively he was using a fisheye lens and i really liked that i was just like man that j- I, it just makes images that i just don't see sure, every day sure. and the fact that there's stars and the milky way and streaking clouds it's like i want to learn how to do that and so um so you know in addition to the class you know i started hanging out with him a lot and we went shooting together quite a few times and then there did come a moment when um like, a lot of things just kind of clicked for me. Um, uh, Understanding of my camera, its limitations, the limitations of my lenses, and you know, my teacher was constantly like, try to to break those limitations, you know, try to go beyond them, you know, there's always workarounds, you can do panoramas, you can get a remote shutter and go longer than 30 seconds, and so it was just this whole idea of, like, let's not do the same thing that everybody else does, and try to experiment a little bit, and and then um the fascination with the landscapes really kind of set in and it's like okay so let's go to this amazing place and shoot night photography because i've never right. seen that before i've i've searched google for like a whole hour and i can't find a single night i know whenever I, place.
0: whenever i do that i'm let's like really there. like maybe that's a reason maybe there's a reason for that like <laughs> maybe it's you can't do it <laughs> like you know what i mean like i'm always like Hmm, how come there's not any night photos from this spot? Huh.
1: Oh, and I have definitely run into situations like that where it's like you get there, it's like, oh, there's <laughs> right. a closed gate. Duh. Or um or you know, some some stricter enforcement of some kind. You know, there here in uh in the Phoenix area we just have so many um uh municipal parks and, and uh hiking trails within the city that all get shut oh, down right yeah. at sunset like they do not care one bit like get get out of here so uh if it's i don't i'm not a fan of trespassing i guess you could say um but i have you know certainly like hopped a barbed wire or just a little chain link fence you know to like go get a closer view of something but uh that's that's been less frequent over over the yeah, years yeah, yeah. for sure um and and just like hey how can i um how can I obey the rules and still, you know, maybe think outside the box a little bit more and get some great stuff? It's like with drone photography. Like, if it's not allowed, like, dude, like, go somewhere yeah. where it is allowed and just do some extra research, right. you know?
0: People are getting lazier, um, I feel like, for some reason, but <laughs> I'm not sure why that is. <laughs> um, well, that's cool. Um, that makes sense. And
1: then I, I, also, I also... Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, well, the, the last thing I was going to say is that I, for the longest time, you know, I was I was this very, um, you know, kind of quiet dude who, um, like, I, I've gotten better with groups of people, like, shooting with them, but largely I've liked to shoot by myself or maybe with, like, one or two others, and so there was this, like, um, solitude factor that night photography, you know, obviously yeah. offered, um, and... You know, that, that is becoming uh, less frequent, I suppose, at, at some you know really well-known places. Like oh I went my to God. Arches for the first time a couple months ago, and there was, like, 30 people shooting the Milky Way at, like, 2 a.m., and I'm like, what is this?
0: <laughs> well, there's a lot of people that do workshops. <laughs> this not now. what I'm used to. Um, in fact, true. I, I can true. name off the top of my head, like, yeah. five people that do workshops at, at night in Arches, which I guess, I mean... That's good for them, like, but you're not going to find me shooting arches at night. <laughs> I don't want to be around thirty people.
1: <laughs> I know, like, you're going to have to send me there on a, on a, on
0: a yeah. I mean, yeah. they're they're doing them during the week too, so it's yeah. Well, that's cool. So, oh, as you yeah. know, um, one of the questions that I always ask is um, based on the the name of the podcast, um, f stop, collaborate and listen. What advice would you have for other photographers, um, that are pursuing this craft?
1: Uh, Well, um, I don't, I don't think there's enough, um, listening going on in today's photography community. Um, just some the past couple months on social media I've just I've seen some some pretty bitter bitter arguments um, over absolutely nothing um, and I feel like it's it's a big um, ego stroking contest often and I'm I would like to see much less of that and, and more um, um, collaboration with with each other um, whether it doesn't have to be shooting together like side by side but it can just be mutual support. Um, nobody is, uh, bound by any laws to like anybody else's photo. But, um, but I do think that there's, um, there, there I, I do see, um, quite a few people who have a pretty high opinion of themselves and, you know, it's always kind of a bummer when you actually like start talking to people like that, that you admire, oh, Right. um, you know, that you admire their, their creative work and, you know, you have nothing but respect for them. And it's like, man, you're, you're, you're kind of full of yourself. And, you know, that just immediately kind of turns me off to you as a person. Um, so I, you know, I might be living in a, in a pipe dream here, but, um, I would certainly like to see less of that and more, um, um, collaboration from, um, from, uh, people, you know, I, I love what David Thompson does. I mean, the fact that he will just, like, critique your image if you ask him to. And he's honest and he's, he, you know, doesn't mince words. But he's, he's a super genuinely talented and humble guy. And, you know, I wish that there was more feedback like that going around out there than just, great shot, man. Beautiful capture. Right. You know, I, I feel like... Um, you know that's that's not the right kind of um, support and collaboration that I'm I'm talking about necessarily. So, yeah. um, And then, you know, uh, listening to you know like Guy Towel or you know some of these incredibly thoughtful artists who, you know, just just have nothing but brilliant things to say. I
0: know, I man. All up.
1: <laughs> um, you know, I, I I really do wish there was more dialogue like that. Um, you know, completely civil um you know ego rarely seems to be a factor and i just i enjoy it and i've enjoyed that about your podcast so if you know as long as you keep doing this man i will, I will definitely be a <laughs> right on thanks
0: yeah it's funny um i feel like um you know listening doesn't mean you have to agree it's 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 about understanding other people's point of view and it's it's funny cuz that if it, like you see it, the first time you see it is like when people are talking about gear like like i don't know i found myself on some forum somewhere where i was talking about the d or the sony a7r2 and people were like that's not a real camera like that's a toy like it i will always have a i'll always have my dslr that'll never be able to do what i want it to and i was like well it, it does everything i want it to do and that's what matters to me and like yeah, it doesn't shoot at 15 frames per second. and Yeah, it doesn't have a battery that lasts for, like, a whole day of shooting rapid fire, like a wedding or something. But, like, for what I use it for, like, it does everything my D800 used to do and more. So that's all I care about. You know what I mean? It's, like, all he had to do was say, oh, yeah, for you, that sounds cool. But for me, like, I need, I need this. And it's, like, oh, that's cool. And it's probably not the right camera for you. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's weird how people get territorial
1: like why why are people arguing with each other about like why are people arguing with each other over the new specs of the D850 like people are jumping down each other's throats and I'm like you guys need to grow the F (laughs) up like so what don't buy the camera then like (laughs) it has no impact on your life whatsoever it's so funny how people are wired (laughs)
0: to immediately it's almost like people want to um validate their opinion somehow by putting it out there to see what people say about it you know it's ah, it's interesting <laughs> so my last question for you mike um uh let's say that you were um you know on your iphone and you got a notification that said the next uh episode of uh stop collaborate and listen was was posted who would you who are some people that you would be super pumped to hear on the podcast
1: um well another Arizona photographer that I have to give a massive shout out to is Joel Hazleton um he has been a huge inspiration for me um this guy totally gets off the grid uh doesn't shoot a single location that you would consider to be popular or iconic and just like really finds the hidden gems and just (laughs) makes me want to find them too so if you check out his work I'm sure you'll be pretty, pretty impressed um Zach oh, yeah. uh, Schnep, yep. Schnep, I think his last name is. Um, dude, that guy's, oh, yeah. that guy's work is killer. Um, I've got, I've got no nothing.
0: I think it was last year or the year before um, he came out here to Colorado, and I was like, No, don't come to Colorado, like you're gonna make me never want to shoot those locations cause you're just gonna kill it. and he of course, of course he did. Like he just destroyed these crested butte images. I'm like, oh, you bastard. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome, man. He's been at it for a long time I'm, too. I'm
1: like I've, I've, yeah, man, totally, totally kills it. Um, I don't know uh, whether this gentleman would be easy to get in contact with or not, but probably my favorite photographer is huh. Jack Dikeinga um he's another Ari- Arizona um legend you could say he's been uh like he's the dude's like a pulitzer prize winner of uh, pulitzer prize winning photojournalist and he has uh published you know like some of like the most iconic images and you're like oh he took that um uh he um is an avid conservationist he's a he's a huge inspiration to me and his images like i would never try or be able to replicate his style
0: because yeah cool
1: (laughs) um and 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 i I like it because it is very like um you know he came from a film background obviously and you know this this guy puts some some uh, considerable effort into lugging his uh, his big four x fives or large format film cameras out to the out into the wilderness to to get maybe one photo and then leave. <laughs>
0: That's the best. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then um, and then fatalities is uh, Michael fatalities the man. Oh, too. okay. Um, another another film guy like like those two gentlemen I just mentioned. Like I want to buy film cameras and learn the whole process just because of that's amazing
0: (laughs) well cool man um those are great suggestions of course i i know about zach's work but i hadn't heard of the other three so that is awesome dude i appreciate the suggestions a lot um yeah well man it's been fun talking to you about knife photography and you know like this question that keeps popping up around what the heck are we going to do with about our natural land and is it even important to care? And I think it is, but it seems like everyone else I've had on the podcast seems to agree, but we'll see if I can maybe find a guest who doesn't agree. (laughs) We'll find one.
1: Well, I would be, I I would, yeah, I would listen to it. I totally would. Hey, if somebody, if somebody can, can, um, can give a well thought out um explanation behind their conviction me too me too. <laughs>
0: well cool man thanks again i i really appreciate it a lot yeah man thank you